Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. For those of you who know me pretty well, you would know that I don't have a great relationship with birds. I'm not a big fan. Me and birds have never got along that well. Uh, years ago, when I was, uh, I was in Wagga Wagga in New South Wales, I went there to do my technical training to become an avionics technician in the Air Force. And I remember one day I was just minding my own business. I wasn't bothering anyone. I was just walking across this grassed field to my friends and my mates that were waiting on the other side. As I'm walking across this field, I had a can of Sprite in my hand and, and it was a lovely day. All of a sudden, I hear this racket going on around me and I got attacked by three birds at the same time. It was one magpie and two plovers and it freaked me out. And I just started running as fast as I could. Sprite is going everywhere. My mates are laughing their heads off. One of them was kind enough to take his shoe off to try to scare them away. And it probably, that whole experience probably lasted about 30 seconds, but it put a fear in me that this would continually happen again. I remember when my kids were young, we'd go to wildlife parks or we'd go to the zoo and at any cost, I would avoid going into the big bird aviary. I didn't wanna go in there. I, I was like, no, these things are unpredictable. They're out to get me. I'm going, so I'm gonna go around while my family and my children would go through quite happily. This Thursday, I decided I was gonna go for a run. And uh, I hadn't gone for a run for about a year. I've been doing other exercise and stuff, but I hadn't run around my neighbourhood. And I got up Thursday, I thought, you know, I'm gonna go for a run today. And um, so I decided I was gonna do two laps of the streets around my suburb. And so I started on the first lap and um, I got around almost to the end, and just about two corners before I got back to my house to start the second lap. And as I got to that corner, all of a sudden I hear this racket coming from the trees. And there was honestly about 10 magpies, a whole bunch of rosellas and a bunch of other birds as well. And again, I started to freak out. Like I start to tense up, right? I'm like, you know, I just don't have a good relationship with birds. And so I, 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 there wasn't, wasn't anywhere else I could go. I had to go through this way. And so I, I sort of put my hand on my head like I was pretending to scratch my head because I thought if anyone sees me, they're gonna think, what's going on? But really I was trying to protect myself in case any of these birds came near me. And then I just picked up the pace and I run as fast as I could. And anytime one come, I'm like going like this, trying to run past these, these uh, bunch of trees and these birds. So I get past there and I go back around and now I've committed to doing two laps. And I thought, well, stuff that. I'm not going back around those birds again. <laughs> and so I thought, but I wanna do some more running. So I'm gonna go a slightly different way and I'll, I'll avoid going there altogether. So about halfway through the lap, I go down a different street thinking it would take me a different way. And I ended up on the same road that I was from the first lap. And uh, as I'm coming up to where these birds are, I had a decision to make. And the decision was, well, I could turn around and go back the long way or I could keep going through and face these birds again. And it was, it was an interesting moment. It was, it was a weird scenario, but it was like in that moment, God spoke to me. 
And he reminded me of all the other things that, uh, all the other times where I had pushed past fear in my life. And it was like God said, Tony, you're gonna be okay. And so I thought, all right, I'm gonna face this. And instead of like putting my hand on my head and running a bit faster, I decided, okay, I'm just gonna keep jogging right through where all these birds are and I'm not, I'm not gonna flinch. I'm just gonna go back around and finish the lap. And so I, I run through and guess what? Nothing happened. Amazing. It's not even bird swooping season. <laughs> and I got around, I got back safely and I was like, oh, that wasn't anywhere near as bad as I thought it was. It's pretty embarrassing, isn't it? <laughs> That's it seems so silly. It's such a silly thing. And yet, you know, that fear was going to cause me to stop taking another step. Stop going forward and I realised, what was I worried about? You know, the truth is that all of us have fears. Some are just a bit more obvious than, than others. And, and interestingly, fear isn't always a bad thing. There are actually some fears that are healthy. Some fears that help protect us and stop us from harming ourselves or other people. For example, if you have a fear of getting burnt, that'll stop you from touching a hot stove. If you have a fear of wasting time, that will push you to be more productive. If you have a fear of not having a meaningful relationship with your family, that will push you to be more intentional. So not all fear is bad. In fact, there's one particular fear that us as believers should have that's actually really important for us to have, that actually we want to grow in, and that is a fear of God. And the Bible talks about this all throughout Scripture. I'll give you a couple of examples. Matthew 10, verse 28, it says, Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Hebrews 12, 28, it says, Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshipping Him with holy fear and awe. So having a fear for who God is and what He's able to do is really important. It enables us to serve Him with the honour, respect and reverence He deserves. And I think it's important to say this though. That having a fear for God doesn't mean to be scared of God. And we know that because God wants to have an intimate relationship with us. And you can't have an intimate relationship with someone you're scared of. If anything, what you want to do is you want to try to avoid that person as much as possible. But that's the last thing God wants. So to fear God doesn't mean to be scared of God. You don't have to be scared of God. God's loving, God's caring, He's kind, He's amazing. But to fear God, it means this. It means to honour, respect, and stand in awe of God more than anything or anyone else. It means to understand that He's watching and evaluating everything we think, say, or do. 
It means to revere God so highly and be so aware of His majesty and power that He has the greatest influence over the way that you live your life. And the reason that Scripture encourages us to fear God is because the more we fear God, the more we will seek to align our will with His. Amen. And so we don't want to eradicate every fear out of our life because some fear is good. Now you might say, but Tony, what about that Scripture in 1 John 4, 18 that says such love has no fear, but perfect love expels all fear. Doesn't that mean that if someone still experiences fear, they're not exercising enough faith? Doesn't that mean that we shouldn't have fear at all in our life? Well, I don't quite believe that that's the case because the full context of that verse, that's only the first half of the verse. The second part, it says this, 1 John 4, 18, such love has no fear, but perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we've not fully experienced His perfect love. Essentially what it's talking about is the punishment that comes from sin. It's saying if we don't know Jesus, if we haven't experienced His love and His grace in our life, then there would be a fear of punishment. But because we have, we don't need to fear that at all. Because in Him we have been forgiven, we've been set free, and we don't need to fear punishment because we've received life and life everlasting through a relationship with Him. Now, I say that for this reason. I say that because I want you to know that if you have fear or you experience fear from time to time, you don't need to beat yourself up about it. It doesn't mean that you're a filthy sinner or that you're a failure or that God is angry with you. It just means that you're human. It just means you're human. Do you know that Jesus experienced fear? When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, when He knew what was about to happen to Him, when He knew all the details of what was gonna happen, when He knew that all the sins and sickness of the world was gonna come upon Him, when He knew for a moment that His Father would turn from Him, when He knew that He was going to go down to hell in those three days, He was afraid. In Matthew 26, 38, he says to his disciples who were with him that day, he said, my soul is crushed with horror and sadness to the point of death. In the very next verse, he says, my father, if it is possible, let this cup be taken away from me. But I want your will, not mine. Jesus experienced fear. And so when we experience fear, he can relate to us and I'm thankful for that. So if we experience fear, it does not make us a lesser person, it just makes us human. At the same time though, I think it is important that although we all experience fear, that we don't allow our fears to hold us back. And listen to this, to be a defining factor of our God-given potential. Don't allow your fears to define what God can do in and through your life. 
I can honestly say that if I had allowed my fears to define how God could use me or what I could do in life, there's no way that I would be doing what I'm doing today. There's no way that I would be speaking to you today like this. There's, I don't believe that I'd be in the role that I am or be in the leadership position that I am because all of my fears told me that what God was calling me to was something I couldn't do. They told me that doing something like this was way beyond my capacity and not for me at all. Some of you know my story, but I grew up in this church and um, I was part of our young adult ministry, young adult department. I was just a member of young adults. I wasn't in leadership. I, I, I was just attending young adults and I was in a connect group. And one day my young adult pastor, a great guy called Adrian, caught up with me. And he said, Tony, I'd love to grab a coffee with you. And I said, sure, no worries. And sat down, we had a coffee. And as he sat across the table from me, he looked at me and he said, Tony, I think it's time for you to start leading a connect group. And I remember when he asked me that, it freaked me out. <laughs> the thought of that scared me to death. And I started thinking about all the reasons why that definitely wasn't the right thing for me to do. I said to him, what do you mean? I don't have the right experience. I'm not sure I've even got enough time. I, I'm not confident. I don't have the right personality. I don't have those skills. And I started spewing out to him all of my fears, telling me why it was a bad idea. You see, you've got to understand, at that time of my life, I was incredibly shy and insecure. I, I remember a time when I was just attending a connect group, and my connect group leader, she was amazing, and and one day she texted me and she said, Tony, could you just ring this guy and invite him along to Connect Group this week? And I didn't tell her, but on the other end of the phone, I was like, no, <laughs> no way. Are you serious? That's like the worst thing that you could ask me to do. I thought you were my friend. I thought you cared about me. And you want me to ring some guy I've never met before? No way, right? It freaked me out just to make a phone call. I'm thinking, what's he gonna think? What am I gonna say? I'm gonna sound like an idiot. Right, like it was, oh, oh, it, it was so, uh, I was just like trapped in this fear of just even just having to make a phone call. It took me hours and hours to muster up the strength just to type the number in. I think I typed it in and then deleted it first time and then typed it in again and I, I, I spoke. It was probably like this awkward 30 second. I can't remember if he rocked up. Right? Hopefully he's still going for the Lord today. I don't know, maybe that put him off. I'm not sure, right? But I was so, so scared. And so for Adrian to sit across from me and say, Tony, I think it's time for you to start running Connect Group, I'm thinking, you're crazy. That's a lot of phone calls. That's a lot of speaking to people. That's meeting people. I just like, that, that's like the scariest thing that you could ask me to do. And so I'd love to say at the end of that conversation, I said, all right, I'll do it. But I didn't. Instead, I said to him, look, I'm really sorry, but I just don't think I'm the right person for it. I think you're probably better off asking somebody else. Now, I figured I'd heard the end of it, but he was a little bit more persistent than I thought <laughs> what he might be. And every time he saw me, he kept saying to me, hey, Tony, I think it's time you start leading a connect group. 
You see, I, I, he seemed to see something in me that I didn't see in myself. He saw something that my fears told me I wasn't. And so he kept asking me. And I kept saying no. <laughs> Until about 18 months later, he asked me again. And I said, okay, I'll do it. We'll shut you up. <laughs> now, when I said that, did that mean that all of a sudden that fear was gone? Not at all. Did that mean I was no longer freaking out about how this could be a total disaster? Not at all. Did that mean I suddenly I knew what I was doing? Absolutely not. I'll tell you the reason why I ended up saying yes. It's because I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and He said, Tony, are you gonna allow your fears to determine your potential? Or are you gonna trust in the one who can do the impossible? I vividly remember the first time I run a connect group. Um, I can picture the house, I can picture the room and everything. And uh, I was nervous. I didn't know how things were gonna go. I didn't know what was gonna happen. I wasn't sure if anyone would rock up. I wasn't sure if the people who rocked up would come back. Uh, I prepared, I did what I could, but I was freaking out. But at the end of the night, it went okay. It was all right, it was fine. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. I think people had a good time. People came back the next fortnight. And after a year of running that group, I realised I had been limiting myself far more than I should. For years, I had allowed fear to determine what I could or could not do. And it had been robbing me of joy and also robbing me of discovering who God had truly created me to be. The, the whole time God had greater things for me than I understood and all I needed to do to experience those things was to trust in Him more than I trusted in my fears and then he would do the rest. Now some 20 years later, I look back. I look back on that time and I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that I pushed past those fears, obviously with a lot of help from a good leader and of course the Holy Spirit. But I know if I didn't, I wouldn't be here today. And can I encourage you, if you don't remember anything else that I say this morning, remember this one thing. Write this down. Your fears are a horrible indicator of your potential. Your fears are a horrible indicator of your potential. Maybe uh, Jed could join me. You know, I look at the story of David and Goliath in 1 Samuel 17. And it tells us that for 40 days, Goliath came out and challenged the Israelites to send someone to fight him. 
but no one dared. <laughs> Instead, they just remained where they were, totally frozen with intimidation. And it's easy to look back on that scenario and think that one of us would have done differently. But think about it for a moment. Here they are, here's this nine foot giant, this champion Philistine warrior who's come out to challenge you to a fight to the death. Whoever wins takes all. I don't know, I think that we would think twice about running out there. I know that I would. But then David arrives on the scene and he sees what's going on. And I'm certain that like all the other Israelites there that day, he recognised the weight and the magnitude of the moment. But the difference with David is that he allowed faith rather than fear to determine his next move, amen? We know the story, he runs out there with a sling and a stone and he, in belief that God would fight for him and knocks Goliath to the ground. Bible says he grabs Goliath's sword and decapitates him. And then it says this in 1 Samuel 17, verse 51. It says, When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and the gates of Ekron. Their dead were strewn along the Sharaim road to Gath and Ekron. And when the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. Look at this, because David took a step of faith in spite of fear, not only was his life changed from that point on, but an entire nation was impacted. I can't say that you taking a step of faith will do the same. It may not impact a nation, it might, it may. But what I can encourage you that I believe it will do, it will definitely impact at least those close to you. It could definitely encourage and inspire those around you. I know that because I pushed past my fears with the help of the Holy Spirit, my family has been impacted for the better. My children have been impacted for the better. My family and my marriage has been impacted for the better. My life, my leadership, my future has been impacted for the better. If we can't find the strength to do it for ourselves, at least do it for those you love. At least do it for those your life was created to touch or do it for the glory of God, amen. <laughs> you know, when God appeared to Moses in a burning bush, He told him in Exodus 3 verse 10 that He was gonna use him to speak to Pharaoh, to let the Israelites go. Moses responded by telling God all the reasons why he couldn't do it. Why he didn't have the capabilities, why he was the wrong person for the task and why God should choose someone else and he'd made a mistake. Do you know what God said to him in response? God said this, Moses, I'm with you, 
I'm with you. I know that what God is calling you to do, I understand it's scary. I know it's beyond your capacity. He does that purposely. He doesn't ask us to do something we can do on our own ability. He often asks us to do stuff that stretch us way beyond what we ever thought that we could. Two key reasons why. Number one, because that causes us to have to exercise our faith and without faith, it's impossible to please God. And number two, because then He gets all the glory. He gets all the credit. And that is so important. If we do it in our own ability, then we get the credit. And if I get the credit and people look to me thinking I'm good, that's terrible because I can't save anyone. I can't heal anyone. I can't forgive anyone the way that Jesus can. I can't give someone eternal life, but He can. When He gets the glory, when people look at our life and then they see there's someone behind that and they see Jesus, He gets the glory and appoints them to the one who can help them, who can save them, who can deliver them. So God will always ask us to do stuff that requires faith in the face of fear. Fear is the gap but faith is the bridge. Do you know know what the Bible says about Moses' life after his death? The same Moses whose fears convinced him that he couldn't do anything of significance for God. Do you know what the Bible says about him at the end of his life? It says in Deuteronomy, 34 verse 10, it says, Since then no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all these signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. This is the same Moses whose fears told him, no, you can't do anything. This was his destiny all along. This was who God had created him to be. This is who God knew that he was. And if he had only ever listened to his fears and used them as indicators of his potential, he never would have discovered this truth about himself. I wanna encourage you today, there's more in you. More than you know. More than you could imagine. God can use you to do things way beyond your comprehension. Way beyond what you could dream or conceive or think. And it's just one decision of trusting in God more than you trust in your fears away. We will always have to face fear. As as horrible as that sounds, it's it's just part of our human nature. There's always gonna be a, a fear to face, but it doesn't have to control us. You know, some people, I've heard people say that that faith 
and fear cannot coexist at the same time. But I'm not sure that's the case. I actually think often taking a step of faith or in that moment of taking a step of faith, there's also a lot of fear. There's been things that God has asked me to do or encouraged me to to say and, and yes, I've got the faith to do it, but it doesn't mean at the same time I'm not fearful. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? Barbara says that she said to herself, when Jesus was passing by with a crowd of people around Him, she said to herself, if I could just touch the hem of His garment, I know I can be healed. She had faith and her faith pushed her through that crowd. She touched the hem of Jesus' garment and in that moment she was powerfully healed. But then it says, it says, Jesus didn't know who touched Him. He said, who touched me? I felt power go out of me. And His disciples are like, what are you talking about, Jesus? There's all these people touching you. And He goes, no, nah, someone touched me differently. And you read it yourself. It says in the text, it says that trembling with fear, the woman came and said, it was me. Faith and fear at the same time. And for thousands of years, we have preached about this amazing woman and she has encouraged our faith. But at the same time, she also was dealing with fear. Just because you have fear doesn't mean you can't do something amazing for God. Just exercise your faith. Trust in God more than you trust in your fear. And you'll be amazed at what God can do in and through your life. I I just believe that this year can be a great year for you. I believe this can be an amazing year. I, I believe, I believe even with everything going on, that this year could be, still be the best that it could be. And I don't want you to hold back from what God has been placing on your heart. I believe God's been speaking to many of you about starting something, getting involved in something, initiating something, taking something back up that you'd put down, doing something you haven't done before, reaching out of yourself. But you know what? We're our own worst critic. We could easily come up with all these things as to why not. We could think about all the reasons and all the fears come up. I don't want you to miss out on discovering something amazing about yourself and about your God. Discovering, whoa, actually, wow, I can do more than I thought I could. Don't let fear hold you back. Just trust God. I am with you, says the Lord. I am with you. Guess what? As long as you have Him, you have everything that you need. You don't need anything else. He'll supply you. He'll equip you. He doesn't want to hurt you, disappoint you, embarrass you, shame you, see you fail. That's not His heart. He wants to bless you. He's got great things for you. Believe as we take those steps of faith together, we'll discover more about who God has created us to be. And I believe the sky's the limit of what you can do. We can do all things through Christ 
who strengthens us. Amen? Amen. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you, and inspired you. You know, we may never have met. I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes in my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer, and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace, and the Word of God go with you from this day forward, and I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey, why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you, and we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.